Is Ohio State really at the same level as Alabama and Clemson? Plus, which teams have the best chance at winning a national title in the next five years? We'll discuss that next. I'm Jay Smith, and this is After Further Review. And now, after further review, a Clemson student's perspective on sports. And the personal foul on number 99 of the defense. After he tackled the quarterback, he's given them business down there at the 15-yard penalty. Well, welcome in, everyone. I'm Jay Smith, and this this is After Further Review. Thanks so much for tuning in, whether you're listening to AFR uh, as a podcast or if you're watching on Facebook. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this week's episode is going to be, I think, a really fun one, and it's going to spark uh, probably based off of uh, you know past episodes and seasons prior. We've talked about this kind of stuff. This is what really gets a lot of people um, excited and voicing their opinions, entrenched in their own you know camps, if you will, on what they think in in terms of you know who right now is at the pinnacle, at the top of the college football ladder and what teams are close behind. So, listen, obviously this past season Alabama picked up their, you know, another national title. Uh Saban's 7th national title, his uh his his 6th at uh at Alabama, I believe, but right, it was another you know, almost a a, a reemergence of Alabama as the dominant um team across college football, and it got me thinking uh, it got me thinking, okay, well, let, let's do a little bit of digging and see what the uh, college football national championship landscape has looked like for the past five, six years. And, you know, when you <clears throat> when you pull this up and you look at, you know, the champions that we've had, um, really going back to, I mean, you go back to 2015, right? 20, 2015, uh, that was, uh, you know, six six seasons ago. And Alabama uh, won that national championship, obviously, against, uh, against Clemson. It was Clemson's first appearance in a national title game uh, since 1981. And, uh, you know, it was a great game. Uh, ended up going Alabama's way at the end. And, and Nick Saban finished with a 14-1 record and a, another national title. 2016 rolls around. Clemson gets back in the national title game against Alabama. It's a rematch, and it certainly lived up to the hype. Uh, was a phenomenal game, you know, capped off with that last-second throw from Deshaun Watson to Hunter Renfro in the corner of the end zone. Puts Clemson ahead. The Tigers win that championship in 2016, finish with a 14-1 record. Following year, we had, uh, we had Alabama, again, trading off and, uh, and, and beating Clemson in the third uh, matchup in the last three years against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, and then they would go on, obviously, to win the the national championship in 2017. Now, UCF did claim a national championship that year, but for all intents and purposes, everyone, including myself, considered Alabama to be the champion of that year. So, again, you see in Alabama, 2015, Clemson, 2016, and then 2017's Alabama. Let's move to 2018 now. 2018 was a pretty pretty big year uh a pretty big year historically because you know when you look at um the obviously the end result uh, was was clemson you know winning the national championship against alabama 
uh, in their in their fourth matchup in as many years, and a pretty decisive way out in the Bay Area. But what's significant about that national championship in 2018 for Clemson was it was the first national championship, first national champion in the Clemson Tigers who finished the season undefeated since 2013's Florida State. Finished 14-0. And and if you go back even further, you have to go back to Auburn. In 2010, they finished 14-0, obviously with Cam Newton and, and Gene Chizik uh, leading the, the helm there. And so, you, you know, from from just a historical perspective, it has been a minute since we've had an undefeated national champion. Now, early 2000s, you know, with your, um, you know, your Oklahoma and your Miami, you know, late 1990s, obviously Florida State, like, you know, Michigan, those those schools finished undefeated. And, and throughout history, more often than not, you do see either a one-loss team or an undefeated team, you know, end up winning at all. But, but here's where I'm getting, you know, this is what I'm trying to get at. Most of the time, when you look at the national champions who finish the season undefeated, those are the teams that more often than not are in the discussion for which team's the greatest of all time. You know, which team's the greatest of all time? Is it 1987 Miami? Uh, is it, you know... Is it is it uh, you know Miami from from two thousand and one? Is it Oklahoma from from two thousand? I mean, you've got Nebraska in that conversation. Uh, depends on how far you how far back you want to go, but I mean, you know, there, there's a, there's a case to be made that a lot of the times when these teams finish the season undefeated, they get automatically you know kind of roped into that greatest team of all time. And it's probably something to do with the mystique of them finishing without a loss, right? You know, there's just something about that that uh, I think creates a little bit more intrigue. Uh, you know, Nebraska 1971, I'd say, is probably one of their more iconic teams. But um, either way, you know, when you look at recent national championship history, what you're going to find is that Alabama wins in 2015, Clemson wins in 2016, Alabama wins in 2017, and Clemson wins in 2018. So for the past, what, four years, we've had two teams, you know, trade off uh, for, the, for the national title game. Well, then all of a sudden, LSU comes to town in 2019 and put together an unbelievable year just in terms of talent and statistics and everything that they were able to accomplish under Coach O with, with Joe Burrow leading that offense and they finished 15-0. and So we had the first football team in modern college football history, right? It's been since like the 1880s, since we've had a 15-0 and football team uh, before Clemson did it in 2018. And now we've had two do it back-to-back years. Back-to-back years, we've had 15-0 and football teams. Now, obviously, the Clemson's, Clemson season and the LSU season, you know, they were Similar in some ways, different in a lot of ways. And, and immediately after the title game in 2019, especially because who was LSU playing? Clemson. The conversation immediately went into, okay, which of these two teams had the better season? You know, which is the, you know, the better team overall? And I didn't think at the time it was a very fair comparison. Um, not just because, you know, Clemson was doing it 
before any other team had really done it prior. Like, there was no precedent set. I mean, I'm not saying that LSU went out there and was like, oh, okay, now we, we know we can win 15 games because Clemson did it last year. That, that's not what I'm saying. But I think, you know, the, the, the schedule was so different. Uh, the roster was different for a lot of the, for, you know, in, in terms of experience. Um, you know, Clemson did have several guys on the D-line come back, right, for their last season in 2018, and that certainly helped contribute to their success. Uh, but when you look at all the pieces that were in place for LSU, I mean, they were just so dominant and against such good talent that, um, you know, immediately that was that was the conversation, was which, which of these teams is, is better. Well, now we come, and, and again, notice the trend, okay? We, we were going from a 14-1 Alabama national champion, uh, a 14-1 Clemson national champion, a 13-1 Alabama national champion, a, a fifth, you know, and then we got to the 15-0 with Clemson 2018. Now we're at 15-0 with LSU in 2019. Well, 2020, obviously the year of COVID, reduced schedules, limited the number of games that these teams could play. So Alabama ended up being able to play 13 games, which all things considered is pretty impressive when you think about where we started and what the expectations were. You know, I did a, a, a show back at probably, I'd say, a month or two into COVID, back in probably April of 2020. And, you know, obviously at the time, it was all speculation in terms of what the actual season was going to look like in that fall. But, uh, you know, to be able to get 13 games in, I think, is impressive. And the thing about this Alabama team that won the national championship this past year is I don't think it's a stretch to say they could have won 15 games if they were able to play 15 games. I think this Alabama team, you know, who finished 13-0, and won the national championship, was leaps and bounds better than almost everybody else on the field. And they could have they could have easily gone 15 and 0. And so after all these years going back to the Florida State 14 and 0 season in 2013, right? You had Ohio State in 2014, the inaugural year of the College Football Playoff with one loss. Alabama 2015, one loss. Clemson 2016, one loss. Alabama 2017, one loss. And then boom, boom, boom! Three straight years of undefeated national champions: Clemson, LSU, and Alabama. And that's pretty significant. That's that's pretty significant. In fact, if you if you go back and you look, uh, you know, again, a, a, a list of all the the national champions in college football history, you'd be hard pressed to find, uh, you know, a stretch of three straight years where the champions were undefeated. In fact, you'd have to go back to. The early 2000s, an era that I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show. And here are the teams. Oklahoma in 2000 finished 13-0 under Bob Stoops. Miami 2001 finished 12-0 under Larry Coker. And Ohio State in 2002 finished 14-0 under Jim Trestle. Now, those three teams certainly aren't considered like the best football teams of all time. or that, but, but, but those are some really good football teams. Okay, Miami from 2001, Ohio State 2002, and Oklahoma 2000 are routinely discussed within respective fan bases about was that the best team we've ever had. And so the point is is that you know we're in a pretty rare um, period right now in terms of just college football and the dominance we're seeing from 
Clemson and, and Alabama specifically. Now, LSU, I'm hesitant to rope them into this discussion because we all see what LSU became this past season, a team that struggled to to finish 500. I think they ended up finishing 500 or slightly over, but, you know, they, they were really um, – they were sinking more than they were swimming this past year. And there were even some discussions about how long Coach O was going to be given to, to turn things around. Now, I think LSU will uh, get back on their feet and they'll get back into that respectable status. I'm not expecting them to compete for national titles anytime soon. but And again, that's why I'm not really putting LSU in that Clemson, Alabama category. And some people are going to listen. They're going to say, well, why would you not put Ohio State? If Ohio State dismantled Clemson in the semifinal game from this past year, you know they, they was it was not it was not really close, um, and it was probably one of the worst performances that I've seen out of Clemson really probably since the the Orange Bowl in what would that have been 2013 against West Virginia? Uh, no, I think that was 2011. It's 2011 or 2012 because I th- I want to say the 2013. Uh, game I'm thinking of was, was Clemson-Florida State. The, the loss to Jameis Winston was like 51-14 to 14 at home. Either way, though, the point is is that, you know, Ohio State really, um, besides that national title in, in 2014, you know, they haven't really been at the pinnacle in a while. I mean, they, they won in 2014, and then you have to go back to 2002, uh, so they've won two national titles, um, you know, since since 2002, but their last one was in 2014. And we've seen Clemson and Alabama, you know, Alabama's won three college football playoff national championships. Clemson's won two. And so I don't think Ohio State really is, is able to jump into that discussion and pretend like they're one of the elite teams of the last five years because they've won a national championship in the last five years. You know, as we've seen, they they won the inaugural college football playoff uh, back in, in in 2014. But you know, they and they've made some noise in in, in a few seasons since then. But they haven't finished. Uh, they haven't really. They haven't been able to get to the finish line and cross the finish line in a similar way to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, though, to a lesser degree, right? Oklahoma. Uh, just gets to the playoff and they just get obliterated. They're 0-4 all time in the playoff. Ohio State has won a handful of games, obviously with the 2014 season going 2-0 in the playoff, and then and then beating Clemson uh, this past year. Uh, I, I think I think they're they have three wins in the playoff. I, I um uh their yeah their their overall record in the in the playoff is three and three. So they so they have three wins and then the, the three losses. Uh, one of those losses was really ugly. That was to Clemson back in, I think, 20... That was the 2018 game. That was the 2018 game when it was, I believe, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. It was like a 31 to nothing shutout. Um, but, you know, going back to this discussion of Clemson and Alabama right now are the two most dominant teams in college football. No one else is really close. Only teams that can make an argument right now are probably Ohio State, but it doesn't hold up, right? It just doesn't hold water when you look at who's won the national championship since 2015. And, you know, I, I, I don't think conference championships really should be a good measuring stick just because you know, Clemson's been on a, a, a historic run in the ACC. Uh, Oklahoma's been on a historic run in the Big 12, and look at what that's got in Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, you know, Clemson certainly, like, 
it's another game that they're able to win, add to the resume, uh, put under their belt. But there have been years where Clemson probably could have gotten in to the playoff without winning the ACC championship because you know they were coming in undefeated or whatever. And and the same goes for you know Alabama in the in the SEC. Um, I, I believe you know the year twenty. I think. I think it was 2017. It was 2017 when Alabama played Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, and they were in the playoff, and they didn't even they they did not win their uh, their division. I think, or they didn't play in the in the SEC championship, but they didn't win the SEC championship. I want to say. Um, let me pull up their schedule because their exact uh, record is escaping me. Yeah, so they so they lost so they lost to Auburn. That was the game. That was the year they lost the Iron Bowl, and they did not play in the SEC championship game because Auburn held the tiebreaker. Uh, but they went on to the college football playoff. They were included in the college football playoff. So that makes me wonder, because again, I'm I'm for some reason these records are escaping me. Uh, they, Auburn played, Auburn played Georgia that year in the SEC championship game and they lost. They lost to Georgia, uh, uh, that year, um, pretty badly. Actually, I'm, I'm looking at the result here. It was 28 to seven in favor of Georgia. So because, so Auburn essentially had an inside road to the playoff, right? Auburn beats Alabama, they hold the tiebreak in the West, they go to the SEC championship game, which is a de facto play-in game for, for the playoff. That's not the same with the ACC championship game. That's not the same with the Big, Ten, big the, the Big 12 championship game. Uh, the Big 10 is sort of a play-in game depending on who Ohio State's facing, but, but really the SEC championship game the last several years has been the only conference championship game that you could say is a, a de facto CFP playing game. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's right. So so Alabama loses to Auburn, who then loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's what allows Alabama to get into the playoff, to take, you know, demolish Clemson, and then end up winning the national championship. Um, so, it, you know, some teams can find a way to get it done. But, uh, and again, that's why Alabama and Clemson right now are at the top. They're at the pinnacle. And I don't think you can you can group Ohio State. Uh, I don't think you can group Oklahoma in there. I certainly can't group anybody from the Pac-12. I I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I, I have not mentioned the Pac-12 at all really throughout this discussion because you know they they've they've had uh, they've had one team. No no they, excuse me they've they've had two teams make the CFP. They've had Washington who's had one appearance, and Oregon, who's had two appearances. And um, obviously, you know, Washington got destroyed uh, by, I think it was, I think it was Alabama. Um, and that would have been 2017. Yep, that was Alabama. Uh, oh, excuse me. I, I, when I said that Clemson played Ohio State in 2018 in the, in the, um, Fiesta Bowl, I was incorrect. That was actually 2017, and that was the year that Alabama played Washington, 24 to seven. See, there's a lot that there's even with all these notes in front of me, 
uh, and I hope I'm not making it too confusing, but there's just so many different games and so much to keep track of that sometimes it can get a little cluttered. And so I think, you know, when you're trying to determine who's at the top, which teams are really in that, that uh, elite level, sometimes it can get a little muddy just because of all the different games and, and dates of everything. But yeah, Washington had that appearance in the 2017 uh, Peach Bowl and lost to Alabama. Now, Oregon has played... Uh, twice they showed up in um, in 2015 and they beat Florida State in the Rose Bowl 59 to 20 that kind of ended the Seminoles uh, run if you will um, and then obviously they played Ohio State in the national championship and lost 42 to 20 so Oregon hasn't made it since 2015 Washington made it in 2017 but the last four CFPs have not had a single Pac-12 team. So, you know, again, I, I think for now, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to really rope the Pac-12 into this, this discussion, um, you know, in terms of, of which teams are the best. So, I you know, this, this uh, and we're going to get into it a little bit here after a quick break, but this discussion of, you know, which teams are at the top, and does, does Ohio State belong in there? And which which teams out there kind of lurking can become the next Clemson? Or can, you know, be kind of... Because I don't think you want to become the next LSU. I, I think if you, took a, if you took a poll... Now, as we touched on earlier in the show, right? You had all these people after 2019's championship between LSU and Clemson saying, oh, LSU, they're just, they're so much better than Clemson. Yeah, it's got a better program, all this other stuff. Well, you didn't hear much of that in 2020, did you? You didn't hear much of that. Now, the same people that were trying to say that in 2019 were probably thumping their chests for Alabama in 2020. You know, those are the bandwagoners that everybody knows uh, just just hop from one team to the next. But, you know, and again, I think if you were to ask most college football fans, uh, if your team could become the next Clemson or the next LSU, who'd you pick? Most people probably picking Clemson just because of the consistency there. Uh, and you know, the, the kind of emergence of Clemson in the last 10 years, I mean, 2012 to 2014 was kind of like that pre emergence, you know, period for Clemson where they were kind of establishing the national relevancy and, and getting back into the national spotlight. And then 2015, man, through 2020, they've really hit their stride the last five years. And they have been uh, a force as we've seen to be reckoned with at the, you know, the top levels of the game. So we're going to get into this discussion here in a minute. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, though, we'll be talking about uh, which teams might be able to kind of emerge and become uh, the next college football superpower. That's next. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to After Further Review. I'm Jay Smith. Uh, pretty interesting topic we've got for today's show uh, with, uh, with talking, you know, college football playoffs, national titles, and which of these teams uh, might be able to make a run. Now, we've spent a lot of time. This is this has definitely been uh, a pretty heavy episode. I apologize if it's been confusing at times just because of all the different games and stats we've discussed. But but really want to kind of recap what we've discussed so far. Uh, we started off by talking about 
the last few national championships. Uh, we started in, in 2015 with Alabama, and then we went to 2016 with Clemson, 2017 with Alabama, then 2018 with Clemson, 2019 LSU, and then 2020 Alabama. Talked about how initially a lot of these national champions uh, in the CFP era, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, um, Clemson, and then Alabama again were, were one-loss teams. And then starting with Clemson, in 2018, they were the first undefeated uh, national champion in the CFP era. And that has started a trend now of three straight national champions that have finished undefeated, Clemson, LSU, and Alabama. So that kind of sparked this discussion of, you know, what, what, what teams right now, because again, Ohio State dismantled Clemson in the playoff uh, semifinal game this past season. LSU had that one year, you know, that one hit wonder run. Uh, but are those teams really on the same level as Clemson and Alabama in terms of the consistency we've seen over the last five, six, seven years? And the answer is no. The answer is no. LSU, I mean, we, we, I, I saw this coming. I said at the time, I said LSU is going to really struggle to win six games. Uh, they end up finishing around 500. I don't know what their. I think they might have been. Uh, was it five and five, or were they six and five with their bowl game? I'm, I'm not sure, but but either way, LSU uh, certainly dropped off. Some of us saw it coming. Um, some of us thought, well, LSU they'll just they'll just continue to to be at the top because you know they've got um, all this star power and everything. But they, they I mean they lost so much talent. They had to replace you know not only their their roster, but their offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator. It's a complete rebuilding year. I'm really surprised at how bad they actually were, but I wasn't shocked that they had struggles, especially early, that Mississippi State game. I'll never forget turning that on and being shocked that Mike Leach in his first game in the SEC was just running all over LSU. Um but, but either way, right, LSU, we're kind of removing them from the discussion. We've, we've talked about why they don't fit the mold. Ohio State, we talked a little bit about, right? They haven't won a national title since 2014, which was the inaugural year of the college football playoff. You go back to 2002 under Jim Trestle, that national championship. Uh, they have played well the last two or three years, Ohio State has, but they have not been able to finish. They have not been able to finish. And when you look at their performance in the college football playoff, you know, I I think it kind of shows that they um, still have some work to do. They still have some work to do. So Ohio State sits at third all time uh, in terms of number of appearances in college football playoff games. And this is this is an important metric that you have to think about when you're trying to determine you know what teams are are at the very top of the ladder for college football. Okay. There's two teams across the land that have double-digit appearances in the CFP. Okay, two teams, and you know, you, know, you know who they are. They're Alabama and Clemson. Both of them have ten appearances, uh, and you know the, the the next team below them is Ohio State with five. Uh, they you know have five appearances in in the CFP, um, but there's still a pretty sizable gap between Ohio State and Alabama Clemson. Now, the team below Ohio State with four total appearances is, you probably guessed it because we talked about them earlier, Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma is 0-4 all time in the CFP. So that's not a great look. That's 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 not a great look. Um, 
when <laughs> when Oregon and Georgia have a better record than you, uh, but fewer appearances, uh, that's that's not a great look for for Oklahoma. So I think you know Oklahoma certainly has proven their dominance over the Big Twelve the last. Gosh, what's it been? It's been like has it been six straight? Yeah, six straight Big Twelve championships for uh, the the Oklahoma Sooners dating back to uh, to twenty fifteen. But um, you know, look at look at what Oklahoma's done in the postseason, right? They in twenty fifteen they win the Big Twelve conference. They play uh, Clemson in the Orange Bowl and lose thirty-seven to seventeen. Following year in twenty sixteen, they win the Big Twelve again and they beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. So you know that's that's impressive. You're beating an SEC opponent. Twenty seventeen, they lose to uh, Georgia in the Rose Bowl in double overtime. Probably one of the better college football playoff games I have ever watched. Um, you know, the, the, obviously the, the Clemson national championship games ha- have been great and hold a special place in my heart, but I'll tell you what, man, that Oklahoma Georgia game in a Rose Bowl was phenomenal. And it was probably the closest Oklahoma has come to having a, a, a pretty good chance at winning a national title game. I think if Oklahoma beats Georgia, um, you know, you saw how close the Georgia, Alabama game was the following week. I think there's a really you know good argument that you could make there that Oklahoma would have possibly beaten Alabama and won a national championship in 2017. But but either way, 2018. Let's move on. They play Alabama in the Orange Bowl and lose 34 to 45. 2019, they play LSU and get decimated 63 to 28. And then uh, in 2020. They win the Big 12, but they don't get into the uh, the CFP, and they play Florida in the Cotton Bowl and beat the Gators pretty bad, 55-20. to 20. That was a pretty su- surprising uh, bowl game result from this past bowl season because there were a lot of, uh, a lot of Florida people who thought that the Gators were going to chomp down on Oklahoma, wasn't going to be close. Sooners showed up and, uh, and punched Florida in the mouth and won that decisively. But as we've just illustrated, right, even with all these Big 12 titles, it's not translating into postseason success. It's not translating into college football playoff national championship appearances. Oklahoma's made it to the playoff four times, and they've lost four times in the semifinals. Now, they've come super close, but they're just not able to get over that hump. And, you know, and, until they until they are, I, I don't... You know, there's no there's no debate on whether or not Oklahoma belongs at the top rung of college football. They don't. They haven't made it past the semifinal game yet. Um, you know, come back to me when you're actually playing in a national championship game and winning a national championship game. I mean, Oregon has had at least an appearance in a national championship game, even though they they weren't able to win. Uh, Georgia has had an appearance in a national championship game. They weren't able to win. And then you have teams like Notre Dame, Florida State, and Michigan State who all have appearances, Notre Dame with two, and no wins. Notre Dame is 0-2 in the playoff, Florida State's 0-1, and Michigan State is 0-1 in the CFP. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting when you look at teams that have records in the CFP that are greater than 500, okay, greater than 500, three teams, three teams, Alabama, Clemson, LSU. 
And LSU only has that because they won the championship the only year they made it in. If you if you want to look at teams that have, have that have been in the CFP for multiple years and have a greater record than 500, it's two teams, Alabama and Clemson. It's Alabama and Clemson. You got Ohio State at 500. Um, you can't count Oregon and Georgia because they've only been they, they were only in the the CFP uh, one year, right? And they they beat their semifinal. They won their semifinal games that year. Both of those teams did, Oregon and Georgia, but they didn't win the national championship game. Uh, Oregon lost to Ohio State, and then Georgia lost to Alabama. So again, there's a lot going on, and I I apologize if it's confusing, but but you know you have to consider all these different uh, things when you're talking about which of these teams belong at the top. And I just don't think um, Ohio State or Oklahoma can make that claim. I don't think you can say, based off of one semifinal game, that Ohio State is somehow better than Clemson as a program because, you know, you look at the fact that three, four years ago in 2017, like Clemson blanked Ohio State 31 to nothing. I mean, you know, so like teams are going to go back and forth. But until, until Ohio State actually wins a national championship, it's going to be really hard for Buckeye fans to make that argument. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Ohio State fans might be the most delusional fan base in college football. Uh, but So they're going to try. They're going to try. But there's just not going to be any substance there. I, again, I don't think uh, that that you can make that argument. So it's, it's Clemson and Alabama. Okay, we, We've spent all this time talking about the numbers, and that's to prove definitively it's it's these two teams it's clemson and alabama at the top now let's talk about what teams have a chance to kind of get into that discussion and we've talked about a few of them right we've talked about these teams that have been in the cfp uh your your oklahomas your ohio states your lsus even oregon and georgia um but i want to talk about teams that haven't played in a cfp yet i want to talk about teams that haven't made it to their first college football playoff game. Because I think that's where most of the intrigue lies, and I think it's where you're actually going to find a team that's going to be able to accomplish what all these other teams have not. Um, and, and that, you know, making a national championship and winning a national championship game. So, you know, still... Bear with me here. Stick around uh, because I've got some interesting teams selected. And I'm going to start with, uh, I would would say it's, if you've been watching college football the last couple of years, you're probably not too surprised with this selection. Uh, But some of you still might be. Uh, But that's North Carolina. That's that's UNC. Those, Those Tar Heels coming out of the ACC have really impressed me the last couple of years everything that mac brown has done there uh from a recruiting standpoint and a cultural you know standpoint uh getting the guys to believe that they can win again i think has 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 been very impressive to watch i mean they finished this past year at eight and four overall uh they have that they had their moments you know they, they they certainly still need to clean a few things up uh you know you you know, you you have to um, you have to recognize that some of their losses, like you know, to, to Florida State on the road, uh, Virginia on the road, 
um, are, are, are games that they really should be winning. Now, that Notre Dame loss uh, at home, 31-17, at the time, I think Notre Dame was second in the, in the country, and on the kind of that playoff uh, track, at least, you know, had the mindset of we're going to make the playoff. And so, you know, they were coming into that game bound and determined to to put to to uh, to take care of North Carolina. I, I think you can excuse the loss to Notre Dame, but the Florida State loss and the Virginia loss really kind of gave North Carolina a black eye in a lot of because they were when they played Florida State. I think they were fifth. I, I think they were fifth in the country, which was which was a, probably too high. Honestly, and I said that at the time. I don't know why North Carolina was fifth. Uh, I could see him being like top. 12 maybe but um still North Carolina the last few years has been fairly consistent and you know they're able to uh if they're able to continue to win and and make some noise in the ACC I think eventually Clemson and they're if they're not already taking them seriously they're going to need to here pretty soon um you know 2019 was a little bit of a rougher year for the Tar Heels um you know, they had losses to, to Wake Forest, Appalachian State, um, you know, the six-overtime loss to Virginia Tech on the road. Uh, they lost to Pitt on the road in overtime, Virginia. Now, that Clemson game, that's what a lot of people circled at the time because, you know, they lost to Clemson 21-20, to but the game was at – no, sorry, it was, it was at UNC. It was not a road game for them. Um, but still, it was extremely impressive performance. Clemson came out flat. Obviously, they you know from a talent standpoint, Clemson was the more talented team. But UNC really hung with them, and if they had managed to pull off that win, it could have completely changed the trajectory of the program, and it it, it did to a certain extent, right? It showed a lot of those players and coaches and staff, hey, we're able to compete with the big dogs. We're able to compete with the best teams in the country. Uh, now, beating them is a whole other ballgame, right? That's that's like, you know, you got to get to a playoff and actually win a game. You can't be a Washington. You can't be a Michigan State. You can't be a Notre Dame. You can't be an Oklahoma. You want to get to the playoff in advance. That's the whole goal here. So it's going to take a little bit of time for UNC to get there. But man, looking at where they're coming from the last three to four years to where they are now, I'm really impressed with Mac Brown, what he's done with the program, and I think um, you know it's uh, it's the ceiling is the roof, right? As they <laughs> as they've said, uh, who said that quote? There's a there's a um, I feel like it was a basketball player. Was it the ceiling is the roof? Let's see if I can find this really. Yeah, okay, it was it was Kara, it was um, it was Michael Jordan at a UNC. Uh, basketball game. I, th- I thought that was a UNC quote. That's why it came to my mind is that he said the ceiling is the roof. And I, I guess that's what you could say is the case for, for UNC is that, listen, last few years, they've, they've had some ups and downs, but they've really impressed a lot of people. They've shown a lot of resiliency and the ceiling is the roof, man. The ceiling is the roof. So uh, we'll see what comes out of UNC the next few years. Like I said, I, I'm optimistic uh, for the program. I think uh, I think that they can make some noise certainly in in the ACC. Uh, some uh, some other teams though that are I think flying under people's radar uh, for college football playoff appearances are um, you know and and this this might be 
this might be a stretch, certainly. I understand that. But I'm going to go uh, a team that's not in the Power Five, and I'm going to pick uh, Cincinnati. Now, last year, you know, we had a really interesting um, kind of, I wouldn't say it was completely irrelevant because, you know, the, it, it, the games mattered, right? The, you know, Cincinnati, BYU, Coastal, like, the games mattered. They were, um, you know, huge talking points throughout the season. But as the season went on, it, it became apparent that it was not, you know, the likelihood of these teams making the CFP just really wasn't there. Cincinnati had a huge opportunity this past season to prove to people they were legit when they played Georgia, and I think it was the Peach Bowl. Uh, and they played them really close and honestly should have won that game. Uh, Cincinnati had a lot of mental mistakes. you got to credit Georgia for hanging in there and finding a way to win, but Cincinnati really had that game in their back pocket and let it slip away. And if Cincinnati had managed to beat a, you know, big-time SEC school, I mean, they're not beating Vanderbilt here, okay? They're, they're not beating uh, Arkansas, and they're beating Georgia. That's a big deal, uh, not just in the SEC, but nationally. That would have been huge for the American and for Cincinnati. So they still have some work to do, but when I look at the Bearcats, a team that finished 9-1 and last season that felt like they deserved a shot at the playoff and sort of were given a chance by playing Georgia, but obviously ended up losing that game. Um, you know, I, I feel like Cincinnati uh, is going to continue to improve. They're going to continue to get better. There are more eyeballs on the Bearcats now than there were. Recruiting is going to get better for, for Cincinnati, as well as the entire American, really. And uh, and I think they're going to have their breakthrough here um pretty soon. Now, if you look at their schedule for this upcoming year, you know, that's really, that that's your best opportunity to prove to people, hey, we're, we're legit, uh, we're the real deal, and we can compete with the big guys. Uh, they have some opportunities to do that. The biggest opportunity for Cincinnati this fall is going to be at Notre Dame on October 2nd. Notre Dame is no longer in the ACC. They're playing an independent schedule again. Uh, I think they still have probably four or five ACC games on their schedule. But, you know, they have a mix now. And this game for Cincinnati is going to be huge. If they can go into South Bend and find a way to win October 2nd, uh, was that four games into the season? Yep, they'll have played three games up to that point. They'll have played Miami of Ohio. Uh, they'll play at Indiana. And they will be uh, play Murray State. I had to look up to see who that was. The tri code was M U R. I was like, who is that? Um, Murray State. So those are the three games they play before they they face off against Notre Dame on the road. If the Bearcats win that one, confidence is going to be high, and they're going to feel like they deserve a shot to play in the uh, in the CFP. So again, obviously. You know, same with same with North Carolina. Cincinnati has a little bit of work to do. They need to clean up a few things, and they need to get over the hurdle. But don't be surprised if in the next two to three years the Bearcats are making some noise, and they may even get a CFP berth. I think you could make the argument right now that Cincinnati is better than several lower tier teams in in Power Five conferences. I don't I don't think that's a stretch at all to say. So. Uh, you know, they, watch out for the Bearcats. Uh, they they may be uh, they may be making some noise the next few years. Let's pick one more team. One more team 
Oh, this is going to be hard. My goodness. Um, I've picked my non-Power 5 team in Cincinnati, so that, that rules out anybody that's not in the Power 5. I, I hesitate so much to pick a Pac-12 team. I just don't think the Pac-12 is there. I think, um, again, a lot of their decisions and the way they've kind of handled everything during COVID has not been good for the conference. Um, the South is probably better right now than, than the North. Um, you know, with, with, with USC sort of kind of getting back into the top of the South division. So I just don't think I can pick a team from the Pac-12. Uh, honestly, though, I think and it's, it's, it's a team that I was really surprised by. I was really surprised last season with how they perform. Man, this is this is a tough one to pick this this one last team. I'm I'm limiting myself here to three, um, but I think if you had to say what's one other team that's going to have a shot at, at going to a national title within the next three to four years, I think Texas A&M is a good pick. I think the Aggies last season proved a lot of people, including myself, uh, that wrong and that they can, you know, compete. Now they didn't win their division. They lost to Alabama, and obviously Alabama held the tie break in the West, so they didn't make it to an SEC championship game. And they had their moments where they looked, you know, inconsistent, and that you know that they, you know, were going to lose a game that they they had no business losing, but. A&M surprised me last season, and it was between it was between uh, you know A&M and I'd say Iowa State is a team I would I would put in uh, the discussion. Uh, Iowa State has been really impressive to me the last few years, and uh, you know I think is continuing to get better. Uh, they're gonna they're going to dethrone Oklahoma here pretty soon. I, Iowa State, I mean they were so close. Last year uh, in the Big 12 title game, uh, I, I just think that the Cyclones are are right at the cusp. They're right at the cusp of of upsetting um, the six time, you know, six straight whatever conference champion in Oklahoma. Um, and you you know you look at how they did in in 2020, and I mean they they obviously during the regular season they beat Oklahoma. Uh, 37 to 30, but then in the in the Big 12 title game they lost uh, 20 what was it 21 to 27. So it was close. It was close, man. And they went on to beat Oregon in, in the bowl game, uh, the, the the Fiesta Bowl. So that's a you know a huge New Year's Six win for them. Iowa State is certainly a team that, and maybe I'm going to cheat here and pick four. Maybe I, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to pick I'm going to pick uh, UNC. UNC, Cincinnati, A&M, and Iowa State. Those those are my four. Uh, only you know because I think Iowa State has has done a lot in the last couple of years and certainly proven their consistency. But um, you know again, I, I think A&M has has also done a lot to impress me. Probably not for as long. Uh, I still need to see A&M be consistent this year, 
Uh, and, and again, you, if, you're, if you're Iowa State, what do you need to do? You need to get over the hurdle that is Oklahoma. If you're Texas A&M, what do you need to do? You need to get over the hurdle that is Alabama. So as I've talked about with all of these teams, all four of these teams, they, there's work to be done. Okay, There's progress to be made. This, this isn't like they're just going to walk into next year and go 15 and 0. No, these teams have got they're going to have to to do um, a few things differently if they want to compete at the highest level. But man, they're close. They are close. UNC is getting close to Clemson. Cincinnati is really close to breaking out and becoming a huge threat as a non-power 5 team. Uh, you know, A&M is very close to breaking out and and toppling Alabama, I think. And Iowa State is really close to to, to toppling uh, Oklahoma. And those are three big conferences right there, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12. Now, within the Big 10, it's a little bit more difficult because, you know, most of the good teams in the Big 10, at least last year, were in the East. You know, Indiana um, obviously gave Ohio State the most trouble. Um, Northwestern was was the, the team representing the West. But besides them and Iowa, I mean, Wisconsin was disappointing this past year. Minnesota was very disappointing. And then Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois just live at the bottom. Uh, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Maryland just live at the bottom of the East. So, you know, the, the Big Ten right now, I think, is probably uh, the least interesting conference, which is funny because last season, going into it, I was like, oh, this looks like the most interesting conference. There's, a, there's four or five teams here that can make some stuff happen. And then everybody just collapsed like cardboard. Um, it, was, it was almost like, what's happening? Like, like oh, it's every week it was another team that just collapsed. It's like, oh, there goes Minnesota. Oh, there goes Iowa. Oh, there goes uh, Wisconsin. Uh, they just all collapsed like cardboard. So... Those are my four teams that I think will be in serious um, consideration for for the CFP the next couple of years or might even break out and make an appearance and possibly advance to a national championship. I don't think you can write uh, any of those four teams off. Obviously, Cincinnati has the hardest road to get there being a non-Power 5 team, uh, but there's there's certainly eyeballs now on the Bearcats after how they performed last season. So interesting discussion. Would love to know your thoughts if you've got any. Uh, I'll probably put some posts out on social media here uh, this afternoon, and, um, and and we'll see what kind of discussion we, we can get. But uh, appreciate you tuning in to this edition of After Further View. Uh, again, whether you're listening through the podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search after further review. Uh, or if you're watching on Facebook, do appreciate that as well. And if you haven't already followed the show, uh, it's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at After Review Show. Try and post some fun college football stuff there a few times a week when I have time. But uh, appreciate you tuning in. The last couple episodes have been really, really high with listenership, both as a podcast and on uh, Facebook. I really appreciate that. The numbers have been um, just really, really humbling. So that's that's awesome to see that people are enjoying the content. And um, I know sometimes it's hard, you know, when, when it's the off season to come up with stuff to, to talk about that's interesting. But the last couple episodes have have really been um, have really been uh, have been doing well, you know, with the, the fake injuries discussion and and a couple other topics. So uh, I appreciate that. 
and appreciate the support. But uh, we'll be back here next week for another episode. Till then, have a great weekend. I'm Jay Smith, and this is After Further Review.